If you have your Bibles this morning and you would uh, open them or turn them on to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And as you're doing that, I have a card that I would like to read uh, the second service. Uh, Dear Ten Mile Church family, thank you for all the love shown to our family after the passing of our mother, Wilma Willis. Thank you for the lovely flower bouquets. Thank you for the assistance with the funeral service. Song leader Jamie for the lovely songs, all the music and sound people. Thank you for the delicious meal and all who worked on it, for the cooked, served, and clean. It was very much appreciated. Mom truly loved her church and was a faithful member. Thank you for showing our family all the love. And that is from the Wilma Willis family. And so you continue to pray for that family and all of the families who have lost loved ones this year. Uh, We have been doing a series on our heart's response, how we respond to God in the victories of life, in the difficulties of life, and the single most important thing is, is my heart right with God? Do I have a soft, moldable heart that God can work and move in? Or have I hardened my heart? Today, there are probably multiple different reasons that some of you are here today. For some of you today is the day that you look forward to almost more than any day of the year. It's a special day. It's just a a wonderful time to reflect on who Jesus is and what He has done for us. For some of you, you come today with a hard heart. It's the one Sunday a year you cannot get your spouse or your parents or your loved ones to let you stay home. And so you've told them no all year. I was there. 16 years ago on Christmas Sunday, just like this one here today, I went to church for one reason and one reason only, because my mother had asked me to. I had spent all night the night before at a tavern, wanted nothing to do with church, tried to pay her off. Mom, just get the money, buy your own Christmas present, but giving you the gift of coming to church is not on the radar. Drug myself to church, and the Lord met me there. The Lord forever changed my life, and so Christmas Sunday is always special to me personally because I know even if you didn't come wanting, the Lord is wanting you. And so it always just blesses my heart. And so when we're looking at Mark chapter 6, if you remember all that we've looked at, we started out looking how Jesus went to His hometown, the people who should have loved Him the most, and they wanted nothing to do with Him. They'd even tried to kill him one time before. Then we see that Jesus sent the twelve disciples out into their hometowns and their villages to preach the good news to them, to repent, to turn to Jesus. Then we looked at how not only did Jesus go to his own town, send his disciples to their towns, but then John the Baptist, who was sent to Herod, the enemy, with a message of repentance. And so all of the people that you could imagine, the Lord was revealing Himself to. We then looked at how the feeding of the 5,000, how the multitudes came and Jesus was showing them who He was. And then last week we looked at how Jesus walked on water in the storm. And this is important this morning because in all of these stories, the truth was being revealed. And that's what Christmas is the truth of the simple fact that the Son of God stepped out of heaven 
and came to this earth. Came loving us, wanting a relationship with us, wanting to forgive us of all of our sins. And so today, whether you're here with a cold heart, whether you're here today with a broken heart, whether you're here today and nothing could ever be better than what you have been experiencing, this morning is this, that Lord wants to reveal Himself to you. And in the Old Testament, the Bible tells us numerous times that when Jesus came, He would be a healer. He would do miracles. And so every miracle that Jesus did was not for the miracle's sake. It was so that the people could see who He was. And this morning, whether God has taken you through the valley, whether you have enjoyed the mountaintop, God has been trying to reveal Himself to you. I want to just give you a few examples of this this morning because I never want you to take my word for it. In Psalm 147, verse 3, the Bible says this, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And so when Jesus came, He would be a healer of wounds. Isaiah 53 says it like this, Say to those who are fearful-hearted, if you remember last week, Jesus shows up and says, Do not be afraid. Because the Lord has anointed... Excuse me. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God, and He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Isaiah 61 says it like this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and an opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. And one more. As the Old Testament ended in the book of Malachi, chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says, But you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness, shall arise with healing in His wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. So for the Old Testament Jew, they have heard that the Messiah is going to be one that can heal, one that delivers, one that can work, one that can move. And so as we celebrate Christmas this morning, that Jesus was brought into the world. You need to know this this morning though. God, the Lord Jesus Christ has always been God. He was never created. He was never born. But He chose to take on flesh. Fully God and fully man so that He could die the death that we deserve. Take the punishment that we have earned. And so don't think that Jesus was created or that, or that He has, has some kind of less quality. He is God. And so please don't forget that this morning. But I want you to hear this in our text this morning, if you would stand with me, out of a reverence to the reading of God's Word, starting in verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him, ran through that whole surrounding region, and began to carry about on beds those who were sick 
to wherever they heard He was. Wherever He entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged Him that they might just touch the hem of His garment. And as many as touched Him were made well. If you would pray with me this morning. Father, this morning we come to You humbly asking, Lord, that You would reveal Yourself to us. Lord, through the singing of Your songs, through the preaching of Your Word, Lord, that the Spirit would deal with each and every one of our hearts. Lord, this morning help us to let all of the other things fall away that we might truly worship You. Seek who You are, Lord, knowing that You promised that if we will seek You, we will find You. And so today, Lord, I pray that You'd forgive me of any sin in my life that would hinder what You're trying to do in this place. And I ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And so in the text that we see this morning, Jesus is doing the miracles. More miracles at this stage than at any other stage in His ministry. Why? Because the children of Israel should have been looking for a Messiah who could heal. A Messiah who could work. A Messiah who could move. And today the same is true. The Lord is still at work in the hearts and lives of people. He is still at work in churches. He is still at work in families. And so this morning what I want to show you is the hearts of the people who came. Because today that's really the most important decision, the most important question you will ever ask yourself is, is my heart right with God? Not if you're a member of a church, not if you've even been baptized, not if you serve the Lord, but do I truly know the Lord, Jesus Christ, as my personal Savior? Now on a Sunday like today, some people would think, well, Jake, I prayed for a promotion and I got it. That means I have to be right with God. Or this year, I have never been healthier. I have to be right with God. Do you know the one way that you can know that you're a child of God? One way. It's when the Bible says that whom the Lord loves, He chastens. That word for chasten means discipline. That word for discipline means correct. God can bless you in every single way, whether it's health, whether it's wealth, where it's attendance, whether it's a promotion, and that does not mean that you're a child of God. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. But if when you sin, and we all sin, if the Lord convicts you and deals with you and doesn't allow you to stay as you are, friend, you can know that you're a child of God. Think about this. Esau was a great man, had a great nation, had a big family, but he was not a child of God. Jacob was a child of God because why? God corrected him. God touched him on the hip and he came in limping. And so this morning as you think about this, please, just for the few minutes that we'll be here together, and the first service got out extremely early, so maybe you will too. The question is, is am I right with God? Do I really know that I love Him for Him? Because there are two groups of people that I want to show you from this passage of Scripture this morning. Many came to receive things from Him. They didn't come because they loved Him. They came because they wanted something from Him. Look here in verses 53 through 56 again. 
When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret and anchored there. And when they came out of the boat, immediately the people recognized Him. If they would have loved Him, they would have what? Worshipped Him. When you understand who Jesus is, you will worship Him. That's why I don't force people. I don't try to make people feel guilty about church. If you have no desire to worship God, that's a heart problem. If you've got no desire to read God's Word, to sing God's songs, to spend time with Him in prayer, friends, that's nothing I can fix. That's a heart issue. And so these people recognized that Jesus could do something for them, but yet didn't recognize who He was to them. It goes on and says, "...ran throughout the whole surrounding region and began to carry about on beds those who were sick." to wherever they heard He was. Whenever He entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick on the marketplaces and begged Him that they might just touch the hem of His garment. And as many as touched Him were made well. Think about this wonderful power, the wonderful miracle that God was doing. Everyone that touched was healed. And so can you imagine this? The lame, those who had never walked, were being drugged there, carried there, and yet they left walking. The people who had never saw, had never been able to speak, couldn't hear, who had a flow of blood, whatever the problem was, if they could just get them to Jesus, He would heal them. And so we see this wonderful display of God's power, but why? But why did Jesus do this? One, it was for the fact that He had compassion. And God has compassion for us. But the main reason was He wanted them to know that He was who the Old Testament said He was. And this morning, God will work and move in your life in amazing ways. God will walk with you through the valleys. God will be with you through the mountaintops. God is faithful when no one else is faithful. But friends, never forget, whatever God is doing in your life, Whatever miracle God has worked, however God has provided, the miracle is not the end result. Knowing Him more. Loving Him more. Making sure that I have a relationship with Him. And so this morning I ask you that. Are you here this morning because you love Jesus Christ? Or are you glad for the blessings that He's given you? This morning do you love Him because He is the blesser? or because the blessings that you and I have received. I like to tell myself I know that I would praise Him even if God took everything away from me. But sometimes I can be pretty selfish. Sometimes I can be pretty self-righteous. And so the question is, can I love God? Do I know that I love Him regardless of anything else? Is my first desire to love God even if He chooses to never bless me again? This morning, Christmas is about that simple fact that Jesus stepped out of heaven, was born in a manger, lived a perfect life, died in our place, was buried and rose again so that you and I could have a relationship with Him. Not only to be forgiven of our sins, but that our lives could be lived in such a way that bring Him honor, that bring Him glory, that point other people to Him. The second group of people that I want to show you this morning are a group of people that showed up because they hated Him. 
Look at chapter 7 of the book of Mark, starting in verse 1. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to Him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of His disciples eat bread with defile, that is, with unwashed hands. I don't want you to miss this. Every ailment that the world's problems had had just been healed, delivered. Can you imagine the excitement, the celebration? Can you imagine if you had taken your child who was unable to walk and God touched him and he is up dancing in the street. He's running around playing and some religious people show up and say, this is not okay because you did not wash your hands before you ate bread. This is most likely the same bread that they had brought with them from the other side that Jesus had multiplied miraculously. They weren't worried about the miracle on the other side. They weren't worried about the miracle on the water. And they weren't worried about the miracles that they had seen. Their hatred for Jesus clouded everything. And friends, there are going to be people, probably not sitting in here today because you're all wonderful, but that you go and have family dinner with that hate the things of God. They'll say things like, well, I can't believe you had to go to church on Christmas Eve today. And you even had to go to Sunday school today. What kind of church is that out there? Or, or people will say, well, it doesn't matter what God's done for you. How could He allow you to go through that in the first place? You will find people in your family, in your life, in your place of employment. It doesn't matter what God does, how God works, how God moves. They are cold and dead the things of God. And this morning, if you're here and that's you, God has still came into the world. Christmas is still about the fact that Jesus came into the world. That's the wonderful thing about chapter 6. Whether your heart is cold, whether your heart is receptive, whether your heart is selfish, that in every one of these stories, that the truth is going to people. The message is going to people. The opportunity is being given over and over again. And so this morning, if you're here and you're angry at God, if your heart is cold toward God, if there's someone you love who has hardened their heart to the things of God, we serve a God who is able to give new hearts. We serve a God who is able to soften hearts. We have a God who is able to work and move in situations where people have given up all hope. And so we see these two groups of people. And my question to you is, and I promised you I would try to get you out early today, is this simple truth, what is your heart like? Are you here today because it's what God can do for you? Are you here today and you hate the things of God? You're just going through the motions because you're wife wants you to, your kids want you to, your parents want you to. Because listen to what the Bible says about why Jesus did the miracles that He did. In John chapter 2, when Jesus turned water into wine, this is what the Bible says in verse 11. This beginning of signs did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested His glory and His disciples believed in Him. That word for manifested means revealed. He did the miracle not for the people, not for His mother, but so that the disciples could see who He was 
and believe in Him. And when God works in your life, when God works in your family, when God works through the preaching of His Word, when God works through that faithful witness who shares the gospel in your life, when God works through that faithful brother or sister in Christ who prays for you or corrects you or encourages you, you need to know something, that God is doing that so that you can know Him more. You say, well, Jake, I don't agree with that. Well, let me give you one more example. In John chapter 6, after the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus said these words. In John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. What Jesus says is, you have not come to worship me because of who I am, You came because you wanted your bellies filled and your problems solved. Jesus says, I am the focus that should be worship. That's why Jesus, when He was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees about the Sabbath, He says, you guys have messed it all up. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. You worship Me, not the day. That's why when Jesus drove out the demon-possessed individuals, and they accused Him of being the ruler of demons, He says, no, 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 no. He says, a house divided can't stand. He said, someone stronger than the owner of the house has to show up and bind Him and throw Him out. Jesus says, I am the focus of the miracle. I am the focus of the deliverance. Jesus is the focus of the answered prayer. He is the one that we worship. He is the one who is the reason for the season. He is the one that is the hope for the world. He is the one that answers the problem of sin. And so in our passage of Scripture today, Jesus is doing all of this for one purpose, for them to be able to say He is who the Bible in the Old Testament promised Him to be. And friends, that's the most important question. Do I really know that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords? Do I really understand that there is no other name under heaven by which men must be saved? Do I really understand that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father except through the Son? I'm not asking if you're religious this morning. I'm not asking if you're a Baptist this morning. I'm not asking if you're a tither this morning. I'm asking, do you really know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you've really trusted Him for no other reason other than He first loved you. That He died in your place and in mine. There are two responses when God reveals Himself to us. Just two. The first is given in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your King is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. He says rejoice because Jesus is coming. And now we, knowing that He already come, has come, rejoice because of that. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because He has come. 
He has fulfilled all of those promises. Where He would be born. Who He would be born to. All of the things that had to be fulfilled. But never forget that Isaiah 53 told us that Jesus would be rejected. In Isaiah 53, starting in verse 1, it says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant, and as the root out of dry ground He has no form or comeliness. And when we see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised and we did not esteem Him. We know that Jesus had to be rejected. We know that He had to go to the cross. We know He had to die in our place. We know that He had to rise from the dead, conquering sin and death and the grave. And so the question is, will you reject Him or will you rejoice over Him? Will you accept Him or will you deny Him? You see, Jesus shows us over and over again why He came, how He revealed Himself, how He worked the miracles, how He did all of these things so that they could believe. And the question for you is this morning, do you believe? John the Baptist said it like this when he saw Jesus coming. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Apostle Paul wrote this about himself and what Jesus had done for him. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. Paul says, Jesus, save me. And he said, He saved me so that others could see that they could be saved as well. But probably my favorite way to describe Christmas is summed up by Paul in Galatians chapter 4. When Paul writes, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. The reason of Christmas is right there, so that we could be redeemed. We could be forgiven. And so while we come at this time of year to celebrate, and we sing the songs, and we put up the decorations, and we have the manger, and I'm all for it as long as I don't have to do any of it. All right? I don't want to decorate. I'm at a weight where I should not be on a ladder. All right? I fully understand that. But friends, it is wonderful, and I hope that you will take time with your family and your friends and your coworkers and talk about what Christmas means to you and why it is important, but never forget Christmas is wrapped up in the simple fact that He was born to die. And friends, He did that not because of His sin, but because of my sin and yours. 
not so that He could judge the world, but that He could come into the world to seek and save that which was lost. And so today, I have no idea why you're here or what your heart is with God. But just like He was trying to reveal Himself in this text that we looked at this morning, He is trying to reveal Himself to you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit has come into the world to reveal righteousness, judgment for us, but also to convict us of sin. And so this morning you said, well, Jake, I came on Christmas to hear a sermon about Christmas. I didn't come to hear about sin and righteousness and judgment. Friends, Christmas is about the simple fact that there was no other way for us to find forgiveness. There was no other way for us to be able to have eternal life with God. There was no other way for my sin to be covered, but it required a perfect sacrifice. One that I cannot live, one that I cannot earn, one that I cannot purchase. And so before the foundation of the world, God looked down and knew that we would be wicked, sinful creatures and that He could bring glory to Himself by sending His only begotten Son to be born in a manger and to die in our place. And so this morning, if you're here and you're saying, Jake, I've heard this before. I'm not okay with this before. I'll just work on my own way to get to heaven. There is no other way. And so this morning, I pray that whatever reason brought you here today, that the Lord has revealed Himself to you. And the Bible finishes with one of my favorite verses, Come. The invitation is given that if you're lost, you can be saved. If you're hurting, He can heal. If you're heartbroken, He can restore. If you're weary, He can carry. Whatever you find yourself in today, Jesus really is the answer. Father, I thank You so much for the opportunity to gather here together. Lord, I pray that through the preaching of Your Word, Lord, that You would convict, that You would deal with hearts, that You would change lives. Lord, today there is no other way to be saved other than to believe through Jesus. And so, Father, I beg You in this place today to convict, to work, and to move. Because, Lord, if You don't do it, nothing will be done. Father, I pray for that person who comes to this time of year heartbroken, weary. Lord, that this morning they would run to You asking You, Lord, to be the focus of their life. And Father, for that person that's here today, that nothing could be better. Lord, that every blessing is theirs. But Lord, they would truly be thankful. Thankful for who You are and not just what has been given. And Lord, help us as a church to focus in on You for what You've done for us, and Lord, how much You truly love us. And Lord, I ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.